welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian watch their way through the 80s movies we think we love or might have missed with these our modern grown-up eyes to find out if they hold up or if indeed they are not so very. This is Heather's a movie selection from 1989. All right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that's incorrect. It's from 1988. Oh, shit. This is Heather's, a movie selection from 1988. Heather Chandler. Heather McNamara. Heather Duke. Veronica Sawyer. Why are you such a mega brat? Because I can be. The most powerful clique at Westerberg. God, Veronica, too much? Most people would die to get into it. Heather number one just looked right at me. I'm worshipped at Westerberg, and I'm only a junior. Veronica would kill to get out of it. You were nothing before you met me. You were a Girl Scout cookie. JD has come to answer her prayers. I'm a no-rest build-up man myself. Well, kill her. He's got a way with women. A way with words. This is good for you as it is for me. Life can suck. And a very special way with a gun. Veronica can't live with him. Help! I love my dead gay son. And she can't live without him. Does this turn out weak or what? I had at least 70 more people at my funeral. What? Their meeting was destiny. Oh, my life is filthy. What do you think I'm going to do with it? Take out her tonsils? Their love huh? has a body count. I loved you. It's coming up here to kill you. That's We're breaking up. Young love. Heather's a killer comedy. A killer comedy. And I think, like, before we even talk about what happens in the movie, like, there has to be a whole lot of trigger warnings. Um, this movie is full of suicide. Uh, there's gun violence in schools. <laughs> there's a, a, a date rape and and other like really triggering content in this movie. Um, yeah, trigger the movie. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, Heather's okay. I'm Chrissy Lenz of the Neighborhood Comedy Theater, uh, this podcast's comedian, and uh, with me, as always, is filmmaker Nathan Blackwell. Good evening. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, Nathan, is this a movie that you have ever seen? Is this something you watched? So, uh, yeah. So, I've seen it in the past. It was basically, um, um, you, you know how, like, boys will for force um like marvel movies on to girls sure. <laughs> this was this was a a, a girl that f that uh, forced this movie onto me like with the preface of this is the best movie ever mm, okay um and, like uh, when it was out or like it, yeah this was probably uh mi the mid 90s, mid -90s. so okay. so this yeah, is like so a hip hipster girl relatively recent being yeah. like oh you will love this 80s movie it's so empowering to women 
Mm-hmm. Subversive and dark. Mm-hmm. Okay. Although I don't agree with your premise that girls don't like Marvel movies. I hear what you're saying. Um, right. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely saw this movie also in high school, which would be like the mid to late 90s. And I, I remember liking it and quoting it, but it never like was in heavy rotation in the way that like pretty in pink and breakfast club were. And I think the trailer doesn't really paint a very accurate portrait with all the like sort of bouncy Tim Burton-y music. Mm -hmm. And they really highlight the, the moments where it is like an oddball, weird Tim Burton-y kind of fantasy, like where she's imagining things. Um, And I don't, think that that's a true and accurate vision of what this movie ends up being (laughs) 30 something years later uh so we see all of the uh heathers and well we don't know they're the heathers yet but we see these you know this clique of girls playing croquet while the very like you know sort of i don't know how would you describe it quesera is playing and these girls who are in their blazers with like shoulders for days um you know hats big hair bows um and they just like they all look like they're dressed for a board meeting playing backyard croquet (laughs) um but it is actually a dream sequence because they end up hitting winona Ryder in the head she's like buried up to her neck in the croquet pitch. So she's like dreaming and or fantasizing of right. the three Heathers and how they mistreat her, although she is one of them. Yeah, it gives us kind of a clue of what kind of movie we're in store for. And uh, it's something that the the movie does throughout, which is, is kind of intermixed, uh, you know, sort of like, weave in these dream sequences you're not sure because sometimes the story that's going on outside of the dreams is just as as nutty it's one of many devices that this movie uses so we have her dream sequences or fantasy sequences where she is imagining things and then there's also her diary where she is out loud narrating to us her true feelings in her diary which are in sharp contrast to how she behaves in the real world. Mm-hmm. So he- there's the three Heathers and they are the most popular girls in school. Of course, they're mean girls in the mean girls before mean girls were mean girls. Um, they are vicious and they are <laughs> monsters. Uh, mm-hmm. And what did she say? So we, we meet them in the cafeteria and like it is the, it is the war zone that I was like raised to fear is like this is what happens in a high school cafeteria is that it is eat or e- be eaten, kill or be mm-hmm. killed. And the, you know, the mistake of sitting at the wrong table will cost you yeah. your life. Yeah, there's a lot of things I think um, we were prepared for by 80s movies or pop fiction that didn't quite turn out to be as big a deal when, when we got to high school or, you know, in hindsight, um, I don't know. I, I don't think I ever cared about whatever happened in a cafeteria. 
I don't know if I even ate in a cafeteria. No, I never did. But I think I would like avoided the cafeteria like the plague because it was like, well, that's where they get you. <laughs> and then also quick quicksand didn't turn out to be as big of a problem as I thought it would. Right, Cafeterias and quicksand are among mm-hmm. the things. They're not the only things, but they're among the things. Uh, among many things. Um, and so, like, the the Heathers and the Jocks are, like, who rule this school. And they are out to destroy anyone and everyone for no reason. So the first thing that happens, or among the first thing that happens, is that they write a note. Apparently, why note a writer who's Veronica, is can copy anyone's handwriting. So she mm-hmm. writes a note from the head jock to a, a nerdy girl being like, I love you and you're and you're the greatest and let's be a boyfriend, girlfriend. And Veronica's like, let's not. I don't have anything against this poor girl. And mm-hmm. the, all Heather has to do is be like, well, just I said so. And then she's like, well, OK. And she does it. And that's kind of the real world. Veronica seems like she's not one of the Heathers or wants to seem like she's not one of the Heathers. But she is. She does what they. Yeah, she's want. complicit. Absolutely. Yeah. And she also shows she shows her early aptitude for manipulating people through forgery yes and but yeah she's doing all of the things that the heathers are doing like there's a scene right after this where she's helping shannon doherty who is one of the heathers commit her bulimia which is not something that i think is real if you're going to be bulimic just logistically if you shove your fingers on someone else's throat you're getting barf on your very long very bulky blazer sleeves that's just not practical they could have done with more research yeah exactly it's just not like tell us she's bulimic cool but i don't believe that winota writer is going to help her to, to, to with that transaction but there we go another trigger warning casual eating disorders and the friends are just as mean to each other you know the heathers are just as mean to each other as they are to everyone else mm-hmm. there's no like love and support among heathers is Right. Um, yeah, th- this movie was intended to be shocking, but for everyone to deal with it like it's an everyday thing, you know, right. that's where the black comedy, the subversive comedy comes from, is that no one in the world is particularly shocked by any of this, mm-hmm. you know, whether it being murders, suicides, you know, anything, um, everyone kind of takes it in stride. Almost kind of like they are in a Tim Burton or John Waters reality. Yes, exactly. But this is does not have the fun or the alternate reality, I think, of a John Waters or a Tim Burton. Like, they're trying to be that. And for me, there's something missing and they don't achieve it. And maybe it's just how hard it is to view this like rape culture and school violence as like being hilarious in an age where it's too real but yeah it, it this movie was not highly digestible to me certainly not in the way that it was in you know the 90s when i was a teenage girl watching it well well i remember the um 
the edge, you know, the sharpness or the edge of this movie being being sharper back when I first saw it. Oh, I feel the opposite. I felt like it was edgier and smarter when I first watched it. And then now um, it's almost it feels soft. It feels a little more softball. I mean, but maybe it's only compared because of all the things we've seen on on cable TV now, you know? Yeah, no, I, I felt exactly the opposite. I felt like it was too dark and too, uh, too much of the bad thing that became an overwhelming force. You know, it's, it seems satirical in the, in 1988, but then it became real life. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. so like her quote in this cafeteria scene is like real life sucks losers dry. If you want to fuck with the Eagles, you have to learn to fly. And it's like, who wants to fuck with Eagles? Like, that's not, what okay so then we meet christian slater and this is kind of what i mean is that he's like sort of grumpy sarcastic like big jacket weirdo Mm -hmm. in the corner who's like oh i'm too badass to be in any one particular group i'm and his name is jason dean like let's put our finger right on top of it like he's like this rebel without a (laughs) cause type right and she she's like immediately attracted to him and he's like doing his Christian Slater thing. And it's like, it's supposed to seem like he's so cute and dangerous, but like, you know, my 2022 brain is just like danger. That is a red flag. That is a very bad person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like get away from him. Mm-hmm. It's not a cute. Bad yeah. I, I think by his name and by his kind of like, how he, he enters the uh, the world. We're meant to think that he's a James Dean type, mm-hmm. that he's a rebel, that everyone else is kind of playing by these rules. And, and it's like, okay, great. Then she can kind of escape by, um, you know, uh, by hooking up with this rebel. But that that's just kind of a narrative tool so that we, we eventually learn that, that he's not, that he he's more than just a rebel he's also a psychopath he is a murderer um so yeah and this is really this is really his christian slater's breakout role Mm. you know so speaking of christian slater i do have an autographed picture of him on my desk that i sent away (laughs) for in this era of being like oh christian slater like he was so sarcastic and bad and like you know in all of these movies except for the one where he's got a baboon heart like he was always the person who was like so (laughs) above it all and always had a funny thing to say there's a really terrible i think 90s movies called cuffs are you familiar with that no no well i i've i've seen the box art but i haven't seen the movie it's terrible it's not good um but he plays like you know, uh, it's from 1992 and he plays a cop who like doesn't play by the rules and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I, I was, mm-hmm. I was into it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, older me regrets that regrets those feelings, but what can I do? Hormones are what they are. So, but like, as soon as we meet him and he is seen talking to Veronica and the Heathers, the jocks decide that they're going to go, scare the shit out of him and they're like should we actually beat him up and the one jock is like no we're we're seniors now like we have to be mature let's not actually beat him (laughs) up let's just threaten him and call him the three-letter f-word 
Um, and so, like, as a result to these threats, which I we have to assume work really well on the rest of the population of this school, he shoots them. Yes. And then they're just like, oh, it was blanks. Ha ha ha. Like, he didn't even get suspended or expelled. <laughs> and he shot two kids with a gun. Yeah, the, the, uh, we immediately are clued in that this is an alternate, uh, exaggerated reality, just by the way that everyone behaves. And this is really where it's kind of testing that boundary and that believability. And you have to buy into it or stop watching the movie, basically, at this point. Yeah. Well, and her her parents sort of say it all, because they're just like, nothing is real to them, nothing is true to them. Like, mm-hmm. they see everything from at arm's length, you know, everything's a joke, and nothing is a joke, so... Yeah, they're perpetually always at breakfast reading newspapers, you know? <laughs> and just quipping, just quipping, you mm-hmm. know? And so this, like, the fact that she he, like, pretended to shoot these two boys just makes Winona Ryder even more intrigued by Jason mm-hmm. Dean or whatever. And she's just like, oh, how cute. He pretended to shoot two kids. I'm in love. And, like, yeah, that just, for me, is too... Like any kind of like gun violence in a school is just like, no, thank you. I I don't it doesn't work anymore. You know, the, and the jocks are terrible. Like they do a good job of making them terrible. Everything about them is rape culture. Everything about them is is that like they're the letter on their j- letterman's jackets should be uh, RC for rape culture. That's what they represent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, yeah, like. This, there's a lot of quotes it's like oh did you have a brain tumor for breakfast oh great pate mom and dad but i got a motor like it's a lot of that um mm-hmm. they're going to a party at the remington college where the college boys are and like veronica it's supposed to be this is like her debut at a remington party or something so she hasn't been friends with the heathers for very long like we get the idea that she is new to being included in the heathers uh, because she has this like old friend who she is like nice to still and she's never been to one of these parties so she's about to go she meets Kristen Slater at the um, quickie mart or whatever the convenience store and he's like hey, everywhere you go there's a convenience store and I move around all the time that's why I'm so edgy mm-hmm. uh, so then we go to the party and it's more it's just like literally the boy that brought Heather Chandler is just there. She's there to, so that he can get his blowjob. And then it's assumed that like the friend will be blowjobbing the other friend. Right. It's like, that's your role. We brought you high school kid to this college party and now you owe us sex. Um, and she gets really sick. And it's like either she's had too much to drink or like perhaps she's even been roofied. I don't know. Like as an adult, I was like, oh, maybe she's been a little roofied because she gets really sick really quickly. Mm. What are your thoughts? Because we sort of, they sort of also imply that the boy who's supposed to be Winona Ryder's boy is like off doing coke behind a pillar. Right. I have to confess, I completely was not paying attention. At oh, that okay. Point. Just at that specific point, not for the whole movie, but uh, I just remember looking up 
<laughs> she's in bed. And then when Oda Ryder and Christian Slater are basically preparing a wake up cocktail for her yeah. slash suicide kit. Yeah. Well, and so before this at the convenience store, she has this moment with Christian Slater where she's like, oh, I, you know, my problem is I don't really like my friends. It's like our job is to be popular. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty shitty. And she's like, yeah, oh, well, off to this party. And then when she gets sick at the party, like she like barfs all over. It's like she tells her friend, you know, she tells Heather Chandler, I'm sick and I need to go. And Heather's like, no, fuck you. Like, literally, we're not leaving and you're not embarrassing me. She throws up all over the floor. And then Han- Heather Chandler is like, basically like, you owe me. You owe me for your popularity. I brought you to this party and like you threw up and now I'm embarrassed. I'm going to destroy you. And so that's why she's so mad at Heather Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so then that very night, that same night, she leaves the party, writes in her diary, I must stop Heather. But she calls them all swatch dogs and diet coke heads. <laughs> that was pretty yeah. good. And she also calls uh, calls Heather a coos. Or no, the, she calls her a coos. You're being a coos. It's like, what? <laughs> but at this point, though, the dialogue is too much, right? When Heather Chandler and, and Heather and Veronica are standing in the alley and she's like, you're not, you're gonna, we're going to destroy you at this school and they're not going to let you play in their reindeer games. And she's like, look it up, baby. It's like, well, who wrote this? This seems like it's supposed to be a bad play. <laughs> and I and it is a musical. It was turned into a musical. And I was like, well, that makes sense. This is how people talk to each other in a musical. Anyway, so she gets sick. They have this fight. She goes home to her house. She writes in her diary. Someone has to destroy Heather Chandler. Christian Slater comes and knocks on her window. And they have croquet field sex. And they're now in it to win it together. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they took the train to Pound Town. And, and we think that this is... This is the road to her redemption but boy are we wrong that's right because the plan that they make they say they're gonna kill her like we're gonna go and kill her and we'll poison her and we'll make her drink drano and but then also one out writer's like let's put coke in soup ha 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 let's put milk in orange juice or whatever and they put two cups on the counter one that's has milk and orange juice and one that has drano Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of like, oh, does Winona Ryder know which cup she has? Does Christian Slater know right. which cup he has? Yeah, I think it's implied that she reached for the wrong cup and he noticed and was not interested at all in correcting her. He wanted to see how this would unfold. Right. And they they get her. She's not at all surprised that she wakes up and her frenemies are in her home. Right. She's just like, okay, this is what's happening now, I guess. And he he's like, oh well, it's you know this hangover cure is too intense for you. I knew it would be. And that's all the convincing she needs to like take the cup from his hand, not even look and see what's in it. Mm-hmm. And- You're not cool enough to drink this, and it works. She drinks it down in one gulp, chokes twice, and falls through she, her She drinks table. from an empty <laughs> She drinks from an empty cup in the scene. Well, this is like a pet peeve of mine, but it makes sense. Like if you're doing so many takes. You can't keep drinking liquid? Well, yeah. If you if you're doing like ten takes, you, you don't want them to 
they can't drink from the uh, a full glass of uh, of water or whatever you've got in there. Plus, it looks like she's got like blue dye in her on her tongue. She does, yeah, in her teeth and on her tongue, yeah. Um, no. but she, so, yeah, she like stumbles around and falls through the glass coffee table that's in her room, mm-hmm. and she's dead. And they're like, "Ugh, she's dead." That's it. <laughs> they're they're like, oh god, well, uh, oops, what do we do now? And uh, Veronica forges the note, and that's it. It's very low key. Like, there's no mm-hmm. like shock and or awe. <laughs> there's not a lot. Yeah, there's not a lot of like, oh my god, are the police now going to catch mm-hmm. us? We have they, they put the- their fingerprints on everything, including the cup. Yes, exactly. Um, and, uh, the police, I guess, are not very good at doing their job. Um, and everyone totally accepts, um, the suicide for a suicide or the, the murder as a suicide. Right. And, um, it then begins, instead of closing doors, it starts opening doors. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we got away with it. And, And if anything, like the dialogue now at the school begins, like, about suicide and and like people are are upset that this Heather died, but it really kind of then begins to kind of shine a light on everyone's kind of need for attention and them each worrying about their own kind of little thing. And if anything, it starts making you know it starts it starts churning the pot to where Christian Slater and Winona Ryder think about escalating, or at least Christian does. Right. Well, and that and. And this is the point where I start to think, like, this is maybe a precursor to, like, a fight club scenario. Yes. Yeah. I I like that comparison. Yeah. Because Winona Ryder really is the instigator. Like, her character, like, walks this waffling line of, like, being a murderer and being complicit and being a part of all of these eventual murders and suicides and but then being like oh no i no i didn't know and you tricked me and this is all your fault christian slater in a way where it's like (laughs) if this movie could get Mm -hmm. away with it it would be much smarter now to be like there was no christian slater honey that was just like you creating this persona of somebody who could do and be the things that you in your heart truly want to do and be like you're pretending that you're too smart to be one of the Heathers and you're pretending that you care about, you know, Martha dump truck and your old, old friend Sally or whatever. But no, like this is all your fault. Right. It's almost like he is a mythological trickster. Right. That has appeared to enable to, to grant her wish for her to only then realize she didn't actually want this wish. I would like that better. Like, like a drop dead Fred version exactly. of a, a Fight Club, a drop dead Fred. I needed, I needed this movie to point the finger more directly at Winona Ryder and be like, "No, this is you. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. the bad. Like, it's a world of bad people, but you are among the worst of them." Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they didn't go with anything supernatural, but if she had taken a little more responsibility, that's not something I, I would have would have minded yeah. you know whether maybe her being arrested at the end like yeah i agree 
Um, mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, at the funeral, we we now hear everybody's thoughts, and their thoughts are like, well, who knew? Who knew Heather mm-hmm. Chandler had any problems? It's a all? great comedic device. It is because yeah. then you've got the jocks being like, "Why would God choose to kill such hot snatch?" And you're like, "Ew." I hate these guys. And then they beat up the nerds in this very next scene. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, three letter F word. And it's like, okay, like the level of homophobia in this movie, I think is meant to be satirical, but it's, it's just too, mm-hmm. too real. And it's like, okay, enough. This is what is like, needs to be, that whole scene needs to be cut from this movie. Um, they go cow tipping, like, you know, medium Heather wants Veronica to go on a, you know, cow tipping date they go with these two terrible jocks and they just they spread a, the word the next day. It's like there's a mean girl vacuum, right? So because there's right. no Heather Chandler anymore, everyone's like, oh, there's a, it's lawless society. They're spreading rumors that um, Veronica had sex with the gross jock guy. Everybody's being mean now to see who gets to be the next Heather Chandler. Um, and so Christian Slater and Winona Ryder hatch a plan to sh- to um stage a murder suicide between the two jocks and shoot them with bullets that don't really kill you right they're uh tranquilizer bullets um or they just give the appearance that they've been shot which like okay he did shoot two kids successfully with blanks at the beginning of this movie Right. Exactly. So maybe she maybe she believes him. But also, as he says later, you believed me that I have magic bullets that don't really kill people. With you're well, in it, I you know, and, but earlier in the movie, you. <laughs> right. Um. So she does. She lures them both there uh, to like have sex. She has them take off their clothes and um they're going to leave behind these and I'm quoting the movie here homosexual artifacts that were like very very upsetting um and they and she forges a note you know of course saying we love each other and we can't live in this world where we can't be re- our real authentic selves and like she shoots the first one right it like yeah point blank yeah she- yeah, she shoots him. Oh, she's about six feet away. Uh, yeah, she shoots him right in the neck, and bam, he's out. Yep. And then she she's starting to realize something's wrong. The dude, the jock, realizes something wrong and, and bolts for it. And then she can tell by Christian Slater's because she's she's laughing, and 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 it's like, oh, let him go. You know, it 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 was worth it. You know, it was hilarious. Because she's still under the impression that, you know, that um, that these were blanks or that they were not real bullets. Mm-hmm. And and then by Christian Slater's attitude of like, no, we got to hunt him yeah, down before he bad, gets away. Yeah. yeah, it starts to the question marks start appear, to appear over her head. Um, OK, so then we see the bad cops and why there's no investigations happening because they're like, oh, there's a bag mm-hmm. full of homosexual artifacts. Let's yeah, look and they're, no they're, they're totally like smoking a joint mm-hmm. in the in the car, and they yeah they're not investigating at all because they see Christian Slater and Winona Ryder and they're just like pretending to make out and they're like well let's not investigate. Um, clearly, 
this these are homosexual artifacts and and let's just believe what the thing is telling us and look no further uh Mm -hmm. then finally christian slater is like you believed me because you wanted to believe me you're a murderer too and it's true she is a direct her hand is on the weapon murderer of these people yeah yeah even when she found out that the first dude she thought she hadn't killed was dead um when the second dude comes around back to the scene she fires him right in the she shoots him right in the chest yeah she is she is the bad guy here um the best part of this whole movie is at the funeral for the two jocks where the dad is like, I, he, he, I wish he hadn't felt he had to take his own life because I love him. He was my son. No matter what, I love my dead gay son. That quote mm-hmm. is in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny. It's like, it's originally played for, Laugh. for laughs, but I think it was also intended to, to have humanity to it, but it, it now lends much more humanity mm-hmm. these days, you know? <sighs> uh-huh. So she's wearing a monocle and writing in her diary that she can't control herself around JD. Like she's literally in her diary blaming him when it's her fault. Um, she wakes up with him and now Heather Duke has started to rise up through the ether and become the evil. Mm-hmm. And this is Shannon Do- Doherty. Yes. Uh, with her sweet, like, baby, you're just like, oh, this is the role she was born to play. And in fact, like, in the Entertainment Weekly, like, um, they did a whole series of, like, oral histories of 80s movies. And the one for Heather is a lot of a lot of everyone being like, Shannon Doherty was not fun to work with. Shannon Doherty <laughs> did not fit in to the fun we were trying to have on set. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Shannon Doherty apparently didn't know it was a comedy and cried when she saw it because she thought it, she was making a different movie. That's great. Anyway, get crucial. We've got hot. They listen to a show called Hot Probs on the radio. It's like a call in advice show for mm. teens. <laughs> right, right. Like a love line. Like a love line. And like Love Line, run by a middle aged man. Um, and the Heather and Veronica hear the other remaining Heather saying she's sad. Yeah, we, we start to now that all of this shit has gotten gotten real. The other blonde Heather starts to become more of a sympathetic figure of someone who, who doesn't want to have to to deal with any of this stuff anymore. And and also because now so we, we've now had more suicides suicide becomes a very topical issue at the uh, at the school you know yeah and and in in such a way that it it is like oh if you if you kill yourself then all of a sudden you're popular and it's like ah no yeah 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 It, it 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 like all these things like it doesn't it's like it doesn't like make people stop and consider what they should instead it becomes again a a game of popularity right it's that like if you would if everyone jumped off a bridge would you jump off a bridge and like the the answer the honest answer we get is probably yeah yes i would Mm -hmm. uh yeah poor martha dump truck like walks into traffic to try and kill herself because she is being mercilessly bullied 
um, by everybody in the school. Um, and the other he- Heather, the second blonde Heather, tries to kill herself in the bathroom of the school. Right. Where, of course, With a bottle full of mm-hmm. pills. And Winona Ryder is like, don't do it. And she's like, suicide is a private thing, but she's in the school bathroom. And like, mm-hmm. then we get finally the, the, she says like, if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Yes, she would. Um, and it's like, you can't be happy all the time. Look, we understand. You can't be happy all the time. If you were happy all the time, you wouldn't be a human being. You'd be a game show host. That's the quote. <laughs> and then we meet the dad, don't we? Christian Slater's dad. Yes, we've met him once before. Yeah. But we see him again. And he's, and he seemed a little off. Yeah. Like he had a secret. And you know, what's his deal? Oh, no, like, definitely. He... They're killing people all yeah. over the world, these two. Like, they are yeah. serial killers that go from town to town. <laughs> Father, son, traveling yeah. duo. Yeah, this is uh, this is as we escalate, um, you know, our our view of Christian Slater. Um, we we realize that the dad bombs buildings and films it and rewatches yeah. the buildings he bombed in a very creepy and what way. Happened, <laughs> I mean, you got to have a trophy afterwards. I mean, the video makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but uh, yeah, we learn that his that Christian Slater's mom couldn't take it anymore and ran inside a building uh, right before it blew up. She knew what she was doing. That's what he says. That's what Christian Slater Mm -hmm. says. But yeah, there's definitely a a weird there. These guys are not, it's big red flags. Um, And so at this point, Christian Slater is sort of stalking her and she's sort of into it in that, 80s movies way where it's like yeah no stalk her and she'll fall back in love with you um, but he's also like partially in league with Shannon Doherty's Heather because right. she's, he's gonna hide the evidence that he somehow has that she was once friends with Martha Jump Truck in exchange for getting everyone in school to sign a petition mm-hmm. yeah we we start to we, we were suspecting that he now has like huge his plans are expanding mm-hmm. it, and they no longer again it's kind of like fight club like it no longer involves um you know uh winona writer anymore like you know we've got to take we've got to take fight club up to the next level which, yeah which eventually know? does leave them to blowing up buildings and stuff so it is like the same path of escalation <laughs> who knew mm-hmm. this is a spiritual prequel to fight club yeah, like it, like in Fight Club, there's a point to where he res- he can't go on anymore, but his alter ego must go on, so he's not in loop on the plans anymore. Right, and that's kind of the idea of what we get is happening here. Um, yeah. So, but then they are going to together. She she falls right back into it. They're gonna go murder Heather Duke, and he's like got her copy of Moby Dick and Mm -hmm. he's just been like underlining passages and like circling passages and crossing things up out and there's this really disturbing thing where he circles the word Eskimo which is like as we know in these modern times an offensive slur Uh, and they make a like big joke out of it being meaningful somehow Uh, anyway He's got it. He pulls a knife out of the dishwasher and she's like, it's dirty. And he's like, I'm not going to take out her tonsils. We're going to kill her. And they do. 
But do they though? I I think it ends up being a dream um, because you know the dream because the funeral we see is so ridiculous, and later we see Shannon Doherty alive in yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it is like it's the it's a in the dream. Heather original Heather Chandler is like, oh, there was a better turnout at my funeral and. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the, the most meaningful part in it is like, she's like, well, I won't write the note. I'm, you can't get me to write the note. And without the note, you have nothing. And he's like, nobody cares. He just scribbles. Life sucks. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, nobody cares. Obviously, haven't you learned anything? Nobody is looking that closely. It truly doesn't matter. Um, but I did think it was weird. Like, you know, every kid's bedroom in this movie is like a whole studio apartment like they've got living room sets and everybody's mm-hmm. got like a coffee table in their bedroom <laughs> i just thought that was so weird uh and then we get more diary the cia the fbi the pta no one can stop jd uh so she's gonna commit suicide like she writes her own little suicide note and hangs herself right Winona writer hanging from a sheet so uh, her jd comes over and is like oh well i was gonna kill you but i see you've already killed yourself very well let me reveal my plan <laughs> and then aha Winona Ryder staged her suicide. She did, which, like, did she know he was going to come over? Like, that just doesn't track for me. And also, like, her mom sees her, and it's like, your trauma to, like, the trauma that you're causing to your mom Mm -hmm. is not worth possibly tricking JD, but anyway, it works. Um, Yeah. No, she she totally saw it coming. Yeah. She totally saw that that, uh, Christian Slater was going to take it to that next level. Yeah. And she had to she had to get in front of it before it happened. Yeah. So her mom walks in on her fake suicide and she just picks her head up and she's like, hey, mom, why so tense? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, Christian Slater's going to blow up the school at the pep rally where everyone's there. He says suicide uh, the mass suicide is going to be a Woodstock for the 80s. And but instead of calling someone or doing anything, she just charges down to the school and she's going to stop him and stop the bomb. So they have this whole like confrontation in the boiler room or like, what is it like a basement? Yeah. Yeah. The boiler room basement, the basement and the the boiler room in the basement. And they're just fighting. And they're like having this like big fight over like, well, how do I defuse the bomb? Like, and she thinks he's going to tell her the truth, whatever. Like that whole scene to me just didn't Mm -hmm. really track. Um, She does stop the bomb. She walks out of the school and she thinks she killed him. We all think that she killed him. Um, right. Because she she shot him in the chest. And the stomach <laughs> and the hand. Like she uh-huh. shot him many times. No one heard any of this. It's definitely a soundproof mm-hmm. basement. No one's like, what? Pep rally's happening. Uh, and if she just like walks out and she's all like sort of bloody and singy and she's like going to smoke a cigarette. And then JD sort of comes stumbling out. He's not dead. Um, and, but he's going to bomb himself, which I didn't get at first. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's, that's his plan. He's going to blow himself up. 
Um, and she just walks away and that's what happens. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, um, the fight club analogy is hard to get away from now. She's really at the end vanquishing that part of her that wanted revenge. Mm. That's not willing to let go and is would rather make a statement of their own destruction than have to be responsible for all the stuff, yeah. you know, because at that point he's defeated. He has no more power over her, right. you know, and we're like, we're supposed to also believe that she is redeemed because she makes an effort to reach out to like Martha <laughs> right. and her friend from before. To be fair, she only killed like half of those people herself. Well, you know, she's definitely going to need some psychological <laughs> mental health attention after this. I don't know. Like, obviously, this, there's nothing in this movie that's meant to be like any in any way real. But to me, right. the problems that they're presenting are now too real like did you see the batman the most recent robert pattinson batman mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like what did you think of it uh i really liked I did it too yeah but except for one fact that the fact that the the big bad is sort of like it's two things right so on the one hand mm. we have to believe that you can set off a series of explosions that will flood all of gotham we right. have to believe that. Okay, cool. That's a Batman problem I can get behind because it makes no sense and it's not real. Like in the real world, you know, there's no city that is like, you know, susceptible to being flooded by flipping one switch, right? Okay, that's a Batman problem. The group of incels that are like incited by internet blogging to come and be like active shooters at a public event... That's mm -hmm. not a Batman problem. That's a real world thing. And I, it, that to me was just too scary to like mm. continue buying into the Batman of it all. Does that make sense? Mm. It's like, yeah, I, I could see how you, how uh, you could feel that. Yeah. It, that, it didn't have that effect on mm. me. Um, it definitely um, amped things up in terms of, of, um, the real world parallels and yeah. and um the darkness of mm -hmm. it you know it was definitely something that i you know absorbed mm -hmm. and didn't treat um as just popcorn fare right you know it, it was definitely something that had a real world impact on me um but one of the things i also liked about that movie now that we're just talking about the batman um is that how and 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 it's going to touch in on Heather's, but how like all the, the, the previous incarnations and even the advertising for the Batman was, I am vengeance yeah. and we're supposed to feel great about right. that. And then eventually that becomes, and then he does that. He starts off that way. And then the villain starts using that same phrase. I am vengeance, mm -hmm. you know, and, and slowly Batman comes around and realizes he's got to be more than just that. Right. He's got to be, he's got to, you know, he has to be, he has to take care of people. Mm -hmm. He has to help out. And um, yeah, so he has to make that switch from what is expected of kind of a movie villain, a movie hero of just beating the crap out of people, mm -hmm. you know? 
Yeah, we needed that in this, and I don't think we got it as much. It's there, but yeah, we don't get it as much. Like her redemption is ultimately befriending the the person at the bottom of the social ladder, you know. But and say let's let's hang out. We don't have any. You know? Like, there's no answer for like it, it, at the end of Fight Club. Does he get arrested? Or I'm not sure. Like at least it, it's yeah. The movie ends before okay. that. The movie ends before um, that. But yeah, like to me. Watching this as an adult who has a child who is a junior in high school, it's like, nope, I got it. This is too, <laughs> too real. Like, you know, like suicide among teenagers is real. And it's like far too upsetting to be this hilariously um, made into a joke, which is, a, you know, another movie that I think I really like is Better Off Dead, uh, which is a John Cusack comedy where mm. like the joke is that he's depressed that his girlfriend broke up with him and he's gonna um kill himself in all these delightful ways i don't know mm. if i watch that as an adult if i'm gonna be able to like laugh right well i feel i feel like one of the things about this movie is, is that you're either in on or you're not is the satire yeah. and it, it sounds like you felt the 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 aspects that are all too real in today's life um very personally you know like that you couldn't you couldn't chalk it up to satire whereas i i don't have teenage kids mm -hmm. and it's easier for me to look at it as a concept yeah. rather than something that i i actually have to worry to about deal with yeah. and, and worry <laughs> about yeah absolutely you know like <laughs> You know, it's true, and I fully, I fully acknowledge it. Like I'm able to accept it as a dark satire. Mm -hmm. You know, my problem with the movie is it seems just a, it's just a lot slower, and in some ways, it seems a less, less edgy or sharp these mm, days. Okay. You know, it, and I think that's um, a really interesting, different take than than what I had. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Is that you know, I can't look at these a lot of these movies and be like, Oh God, you know, it, Oh, uh, I roll. That was the culture. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. okay. And maybe like, ugh, I just can't, I couldn't see you putting this movie up in a, in a like, Hey, let's have a big revival and let's all go watch Heather's because everyone mm -hmm. would be like, this is about school violence. You can't mm -hmm. like, and we can't laugh at that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think the audience for this movie is very specific, yeah. you know, because here you have a rated R movie that is meant for t people who can't see rated R mm -hmm. movies, you know, at least, you know, who are teenagers. This is meant for teenagers who are experiencing this this drama and want to uh subvert yeah. it and it's for it, it, it if you had to pinpoint the the kind of um the the people the audience for this movie it's the people who are going to sneak off to see mm -hmm. a movie they can't they shouldn't see mm -hmm. whether renting it or in the theater and it is it it in itself is a subversive act to see a subversive story. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And I and I can totally put myself back in those 
shoes and I can put myself back in those uh, plaid 20 hole Doc Martens of my, you mm-hmm. know, 1997 self who is seeing this movie, of course, on like VHS and being like, oh, it's so bad. And I it's so bad in such a good way. And oh, I love uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I absolutely GC, can, you know. I totally get that this is some I can totally get that this is some people's favorite movie. Yeah. You know, I can totally see that. Um, and it just for a, a, a number of reasons just doesn't connect with me anymore. But watching it, I can still appreciate what these people connect with. Yeah. You know, agree. And it's the same thing with 16 Candles. Like 16 Candles, yeah. I know, is a lot of people's favorite movie who are who are ride or die for Jake ryan you know i can see a lot of people mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. ride or die for jason dean and and okay but you know if a part of the point of what we're doing here is to like look at it and say from our aged perspective <laughs> from our geriatric millennial right pov like removing our monocles <laughs> and, and looking up from our diary i have right. to say like this movie did not work for me and i'm glad that like based on circumstances i'm glad that i didn't try to watch it with my kids uh and Mm. and just like yeah i'd be fascinated yeah well this is the kind of movie that you shouldn't watch with your parents yeah this is the kind of movie that um uh you know not to not to not to give any gender bias but this i feel like is more of a um you know, the people that I know that love this movie are almost universally women. Yeah. Um, and and I this is the kind of movie that you secretly watch in your room when your parents don't know it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. this is the this is the kind of movie that you that you watch with your friends and you feel like you're getting something like you're a rebel, like you're getting away with something. Oh, yeah. And I definitely did. Um, although I would like be very interested to know like what my 16 year olds hot takes would be. Um, oh yeah, that that would be I yeah that would be fascinating. But she, yeah, not no interest, no interest. <laughs> I don't think like and as much as they were like oh 30th anniversary like oral history this is the best movie we've ever made about this is the best movie ever made about teenagers and this is the best black comedy about mm-hmm. high school. Don't disagree. Don't agree. Um, it didn't did not for me hold up. So let's just say on a on a scale of like one croquet mallet to 10 croquet mallets <laughs> mm-hmm. i think we're going to differ wildly so i want you to go first i don't i, I think we're going to differ but not wildly okay. i don't think i don't i don't think we're going so i'm i'm fascinated i i want to hear what your take okay. is first yeah so i i'm going to give it the same thing that i gave 16 candles which is, mm. although I think 16, I was going to say I almost think 16 Candles is a better movie. I don't. I think Heather's is a better movie. Um, yeah, I, I would say so, too. But yeah. I'm going to still give it four because I don't think it holds up. I don't think it holds up. Mm-hmm. I think that there is there are some gems in there. There are some moments yes, with Winona Ryder that are just um where she is precious and there are moments with Christian Slater where his appeal is undeniable. Um, and there are some funny moments of dialogue 
and there are mm-hmm. some things where you'd be like, okay, well, yeah, that's that's funny commentary or whatever, but there's not enough of it to be able to accept the other things which have not aged as well for me. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I'm going to give it... Um, I think the classic Nathan six point five. Yeah, that is your classic. That is like I think your most <laughs> of like given rating, it, it, right? Which which is it didn't this viewing didn't quite do much for me, but I still respect it. Mm, okay. <laughs> you know, like I can't give it. I I have to give it a tip of the hat. Okay. I can't disrespect what it either used to mean to me or what it means to other people, but I feel like. It just doesn't connect with me who I am now. Yeah. Um, and so I I 100% get, like, I feel like this is in the same kind of category as a buckaroo bonsai. Really? To where, which is like the people who loved it then, there is no way to dissuade them. From loving it now. Absolutely. That's. For, for unloving it or, or loving it now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way to dissuade them from that. And the things that they love about it are now like in their DNA, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, but coming at it from an objective standpoint of someone who didn't have that connection back then with that movie, um, can still see it and appreciate it for what it is. It just it just doesn't. Oh, I don't have the same emotional reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't see it popping up a lot, which like when I first was like, oh, let's do Heather's. Oh, why, why don't I see it popping up more? Well, this is why, because it's because mm-hmm. it doesn't need to. Uh, OK, so what is your deep cut recommendation? Um, I, I think. Well, dang it all. We we kind Fight of Club, made right? the case for yeah. Fight Club. Like, it, like, no matter what, like, I feel like some of the best. So there's like deep cut recommendations. If you love this, then go one step further with this. But I feel like a Heather's Fight Club double feature is just waiting to happen. Mm. You know, like that's the best experiences to see them back to back as a double feature. Uh, um, I, I think, too, like Fight Club has sort of the same um and yeah the I, I would go heather's the, I, I would go i i'd go heather's then fight yeah. club because well yeah. it's chronological but also like fight club has that like oh at first you think you're seeing this like and it is a great film it, it, it's i like fight club but then afterwards when you watch it again and you're like ew like i don't like what the actual message of this is like the actual <laughs> the about about of this movie is not underneath it all is not what you think it is when you first watch it which is like yeah fuck ikea there's so so much something so much more Mm -hmm. visceral than getting your furniture from a catalog okay but that's not really what the movie is about um (laughs) and when you watch it again again with like modern eyes to be like oh ooh, oh it's not what i thought it was and i don't like what it actually is um I would also. I love Fight Club. I love Fight. I love Fight Club too. Like I was so blown away by the filmmaking of Fight Club. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And there are things in that movie that are undeniably cool and will never not be. And the performances, amazing. But then you like, 
you have when you get down to like the <laughs> message that people took away from that movie mm-hmm. is tough. Well, it, it's it not to yeah not to, <laughs> to steer totally into Fight Club again, but there are there are so many movies out there that it's about like the classic example to me is wall street. Mm. Like it is about the opposite of what many of the, it's like it becomes an anthem to the dickheads who the movie is trying to lampoon. Exactly. You know, and in the movie, it clearly is saying that these guys are the bad guys that, that the, you know, like the, like in wall street, like these guys are the scum. This is what you, this is the, the warning, but then the people who, can't see past that, see it as an answer. Right, exactly. Greed is good. Yeah, it is. Greed is good. You're not a <laughs> snowflake. Yeah, let's call everyone snowflakes from now on. It's like, wait, wait, wait. There's something underneath here you're not getting. Wait, um, we're not supposed to like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-oh. Did you, did, you, did you only see the YouTube clip? Yes. You know? I don't. Not but, uh, yeah, no, I would say... Um, you know, yeah, I would say if if you lo- if you love this movie, I would go the direction. And it's hard for me to just generally say this, but like, you know, John Waters, mm. it's like, like has baby, a maybe, yeah, like a crybaby. Um, uh, it's it's that both of that subversiveness, the black humor, but yet almost kind of like a kitschy fifties, sixties like art direction style, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, my deep cut recommendation that, that I was going to go for was, is a, another eighties movie uh, called the river's edge. Have you seen this movie? It's uh, got Keanu Reeves and Dennis Hopper and Ioni sky. And it's like kind of based on an actual true crime uh, where like, it's this group of like, they're the burner kids, right? They're the, the burnout mm. uh, left behind poor kids. And one of them murders his girlfriend and everybody knows about it. And they're just like, well, oopsie doopsie. I guess that's that, you know, and it's kind of like, I think it treats the like, and it's not, and it's a drama. It's not necessarily a satire. It's not trying to be funny. It's trying to be like, can you believe it? These kids like don't have any feelings. Um, so that would be my deep cut recommendation as something mm. to sort of be like, okay, well, I think Heather's is trying to be the comedy version of this like drama that's kind of like real, you know? Mm. Mm. I don't know. So yeah, I wanted my in my heart <laughs> and soul, I wanted to give us a break from all the shoot 'em up predators and delta forces <laughs> of it all and uh-huh. just like get some comedy and a cute boy and some uh, uh shoulder padded girls up in here and have a, a laugh riot and it did not turn out that way. <laughs> so okay. Um, back to violence. Yeah, we'll have to go right back to Rambo or something. You can find more about the pod at Most Excellent Pod on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. Please find us on the Instagrams. I, I, I've been putting posts up and I would like for you to like them uh, and like and review the podcast as well. If you want to find more of uh, Nathan Blackwell, you should go to. Oh, uh, squishystudios.com. Yeah. Thanks. Send him money somehow. 
Uh, and then <laughs> if you want to find me, I'm at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater, the physical place in downtown Mesa, Arizona, and at Most Excellent Chrissy on the media de social. Um, what a fun day we had, Nathan, isn't it? We're gonna- <laughs> I'm sorry if we uh, were total bummers about your favorite movie. Um, and please, while you're out there in the world, uh, please remember to be excellent to each other and always to party on, dudes. Party on, dudes. Party on, party on dudes. dudes. <laughs>